times that I believe is going to be pivotal for this church. It is, it is just like God to introduce us to this current word mid-year as we continue to transcend. When we began in January this year, we decreed and we declared that transcendence wasn't about natural stuff. Transcendence was about being able to overcome everything that keeps us from being everything that God has called us to be. Living the life that he's called us to live, righteousness, holiness, being biblical people in a very unbiblical age. Age is so unbiblical. Yet, the Bible is fulfilling itself. Every day around us, we see prophetic scriptures becoming flesh. Some of us are afraid. Some of us are wondering, what are we going to do? And then others of us are smiling. Because we know it can't be long now. Ah, before Jesus returns. I want to begin this series today a little bit differently. We're going to start with our topic. And then we're going to work our way through. The topic for today and for our series is sold out. If you look at the picture behind me, you'll see that there is a market with no inventory on the shelves. When I thought about being sold out, I didn't think a lot about uh, a lot of the religious attachments that have been made to that word. But I thought about it in a very practical way. That if you go to buy something from the store and they say they're sold out, it means there's none left to buy. So if we're sold out, that means we've been totally consumed by a purchaser. And that we've got nothing left for the flesh. Somebody shout, I'm out. So the devil can offer us stuff to do. Had no bullshit. But I ain't got nothing left in me to give to that. Because I'm all bought up. Somebody say I'm all bought up. Jesus, help me get through this today. 1 Corinthians 6 in verse 9. Says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Didn't you know that? Listen to Paul speak to the church at Corinth. Didn't you guys know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. 
Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. We've got to be careful about this text. Because many times believers use this text to only pick on one group of people. The effeminate and the abusers of themselves with mankind. We use this scripture to point out to them that you need to change. But what about the fornicators? What about the adulterers? What about the drunkards? What about the thieves? What about those who covet? What about those who slander and gossip and speak ill of the brothers and sisters? What about the extortioners? What about the people that lie? What about the people who cheat? What about the people with a nasty attitude? What about the people who refuse to adjust their lives to the will of God? It says the unrighteous. That means everybody who is outside of the will of God. It is not just written for a certain group of people. One small segment of society. But looks like this here covers a whole lot of people. What, 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 what strikes my mind is that he's writing this to a church and not to a community. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. He's not writing this letter to a group of people who are going to the club and those who are on the street corners and and those who are out in the world. But he's writing this letter to a church and he's trying to remind the church. He's saying, don't you guys remember that no one who is unrighteous shall inherit the kingdom of God? Then he says, neither. So along with those who are unrighteous in so many other ways that the writer is unable to enumerate them all. He adds these others to it. Fornicators. Idolaters. People who worship things other than God. Like money. Possession. Power. People. Adulterous, effeminate, abusers of themselves of mankind, thieves, covetous, wanting what other people want, greedy, drunkards, revilers, slanderers, gossips, speaking ill of other people. Be careful what you say about people, even if it is the truth. Extortioners. Those who rip money from the hands of others through different means. None of them shall inherit the kingdom of God. I love y'all. The unrighteous are those who are not righteous. I don't know that the definition can be more clear. Everybody say not righteous. There are those who do wrong, unbelievers, the, the sinful. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Inherit means to be an heir. They do not have the privileges of sonship. They don't have the rights. 
present or future. See, there are rights we have being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We, we have a right to favor. We have a right to healing and blessing and, and overflow and peace and joy. We have a right to that because we're the sons of the Most High God. There are things that we can expect that the world or the unrighteous cannot expect. Stay with me. Stay with me. The unrighteous shall not inherit. We've got unrighteous. We've got to inherit. They shall not inherit what? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of the, the basilea. The basilea. It is the, the reality of God's rule over all creation. Everything. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God can control stuff and move stuff and change stuff. He can do whatever he wants to do. He, he's God. He can change the day for you. He, you can start off with a bad day and God can just shift the whole thing and make it good because God is in control of everything. Let me tell you something. When you serve the God who is in control of everything, you shouldn't worry about anything. But those who are unrighteous not in that position. It's God's government clay. His covering. His covering. We, we're, we're under his covering. Whenever a king, whenever, whenever was a king in the Basilea, he, he, was, he was responsible for his citizens. Their well-being was in his hands. And, 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 and the judgment of the king's rule was, was based on how well he took care of his people. But in order to stay under the king's government, you got to be under the king's government. Because you can't be covered and not governed. If you want to be covered, you got to be governed. See, the young people, y'all understand this. Parents, y'all get this. You, your kids want to be covered. They want to be blessed. They want to be taken care of. They want to be looked after. They want to get extra things from you. They want to get Christmas and birthday. They want to go to parties. They want to get new shoes. They got to stay under government. And when they get outside of government, you pull back some of the benefits. Now, you might feed them, you might give them a place to stay, you might give them clothes, but the extra gets cut off when they step out from under your government. Because when you step out from under government, you're saying, I can govern myself. So if you can govern yourself, you're going to have to cover yourself. Somebody said, I want to be covered. I want to be covered. I want to, if you want to be covered, then you want to be governed. That means you got to listen to what God says. God says, if you listen to me, then I'll bless your socks off. If you listen to me, then I will give you promotion. If you listen to me, then you will be able to overcome every enemy that comes your way. In fact, under the United States government, the Army, the Navy, the Marines, and the Air Force fight for me. I don't have to go to Iraq. I can stay right here, and they will protect me and my freedom. See, when you under the government of the king, the king will fight for you. The oh, I wish I had a witness here. The angel armies will do battle for you. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Somebody said, I need to be governed. I need to be governed. I don't know about you. I need God to fight for me. In fact, when there are floods and tornadoes and hurricanes, the government will step in and give assistance. Some of y'all right now need some emergency assistance. Am I talking to anybody in the room? Some of y'all right now, you might not raise your hand, but I know you're in here. 
You need some emergency assistance. And, and, and when you're covered under the government of God, then God obligates himself to give you what you need in the time that you need it. But if you step out from under the government, then you step out from under the covering. The unrighteous don't have a covering. So they have to try to cover themselves like Adam. He reduced themselves to fig leaves when God created him to be free. Why would see here's the thing? He never had to worry about covering himself because God had him covering. But when he stepped out under the government, he had to cover himself. I gotta hurry. The unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Be not deceived. What does that mean? Don't be led astray. Don't be fooled, hoodwinked, bamboozled. Don't let Plymouth Rock land on you. Be very careful that you are not seduced. Seduced, you know, lured away. He ain't talking to people in the world, talking to the church. Be careful not to be seduced by the media. Television, radio, and print. Be careful not to be seduced by what it looks like your friends are getting away with. Be, be careful. Somebody shout, be careful. Be, be careful not to be seduced by the man that you built up in your mind that you thought was going to be the one. And then you give yourself to him before it's time for you to give yourself to him. Or men, you give yourself to her before it's time for you to give yourself away. Ain't no ring on it. Ain't nothing. Come on here, somebody. You got to be careful not to let yourself be seduced. Seduced by money, seduced by power, seduced by opportunity and position. Don't be seduced because the enemy is a seducer. He, he was more crafty than any of the other creations that God had made. And he seduced Eve. He seduced her. Look at how good it looks. It'll make you smarter. It'll make you wiser. It'll make you like God. You'll know the difference between good and evil. Come on, baby. Take this thing. God's trying to hold something back from you. He don't want you to have no fun. He don't want you to have no freedom. Look at everybody else doing what they want to do. Ain't nothing happening to them. Pastor Taylor's lying. You can do anything you want to do. As long as you want to do. It's your thing, baby. Do what you want to do. I can't tell you. You know the rest. God, come on here. Do what you want to do. Don't let him seduce you. The church has suffered from seduction. Because if it didn't look good, sound good, and feel good, we wouldn't do it. Ain't nobody saying it don't look, sound, and feel good. We're just saying it ain't good. Because everything that looks, sound, and feel good ain't good for you. Oh, Lord. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. My goodness. Be not deceived. Paul says to the church at Corinth. Don't be tricked. Don't be fooled. 
Don't be seduced physically, ethically, or spiritually. Don't be physically drawn away. Do not be ethically drawn away. We've been taught better. We learned manners, ethics. Come on, talk to me, somebody, who your mama taught you right from wrong. Taught us the right way. We know we were in Sunday school. Can I get a witness in here? In the Baptist church or the Methodist church. What's another church we went to? We were in Sunday school. And if you went to the holiness church, you were at the Mona's bench. You were. Oh, I got you in here somewhere. Come out, come out wherever you are. You're in here somewhere. You learned better. Oh, God, forgive me for the things I did that I knew better than to do. I made many of excuses because my grandparents might not have been specific, but I understood that what I was doing was wrong. Oh, I wish I had a witness here. Come on. Let's have a man up, woman up Sunday. And let's just be honest and say some of that stuff we did, we knew doggone well it was wrong. Because the Holy Ghost came upon us and said, "Uh uh-uh. Anybody ever had the Holy Ghost speak to you and say, "Uh uh-uh. I got that. You see, the kingdom of God belongs only to those who have submitted to the rule of God. Them and them alone. Doesn't belong to anyone else. So you, have, you had a, a time, a season, when preachers were telling everybody the kingdom was theirs. The blessing was theirs. Favor was theirs. And it filled the churches. They were loaded. We're looking around and we were wondering, well, God must be moving, but they ain't coming over here. Because wheresoever there's a standard preached, only people who love God can sit up under it. Can I say something to you? Even when you are an offender and you're done wrong, when the standard is preached, you don't run, you stay. Because you say to yourself, I ain't right yet, but bless God, I got to get right. And I ain't going to be able to get right out there, so I got to stay here and take it until I get it together. Anybody ever been in that place where you just had to sit there and take it? Where you had to just rock in your seat because the word was whipping you so bad. And you just had to set up under it because you knew I'm safer in here than I am out there. That's why when somebody falls around here, we ain't trying to run them out. We're trying to keep them in. Stay right where you are. Sit up under this word because you ain't going to be able to keep doing what you're doing and conviction rest on you. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, been there, done that, seemed like the preacher was preaching to me, and I know he wasn't there with me, how in the world does he know, sitting there saying, Lord Jesus, 
God telling all my business. I wish I had a witness here. Look around the church hoping nobody don't know it's me. Come on here. You peeking around saying, oh Lord, I hope nobody know. Anybody ever been there? Ooh, you better thank God. Because <laughs> that's called conviction. That's when God said, I refuse to let you go. See, if you feel conviction, that's God saying, I refuse to let you go. I refuse to live without you. I, I refuse to exact my plan without you. I refuse to give favor without you. I refuse to bless without you. I refuse to increase without you. I'm going to do it and you're going to be with me. I'm going to convict you till you come back. But when conviction ceases, when we don't feel anything anymore, the Bible describes it as past feeling. That's a scary place. I got to get back to the text. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Verse 11, verse 11 says, and such were some of you. Now, I didn't say that. Paul said it. Even though my name Paul wasn't me. It was Paul in the Bible. Saul of Tarsus. Changed on the Damascus Road. That Saul. Oversaw the stone of the Stephen. Him. You understand? Saul. That Saul. Walked with Apollos. Spent time in prison. Sang and praised his way out. Paul. Said such were some of you. Quite a letter. But listen to what he says. It's not, it's, it's not, listen, listen, it's not negative. Such were. Meaning, that's no longer who you are. Catch it, catch it. But ye are washed. Look at Paul now. But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified. You were unrighteous, but now you are washed, sanctified, and justified. Look at him. In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. The focus is not on what we used to be. Focus is on what we are right now. We're not here to preach about what we used to be. We're here today to preach about who you are. Because when you know who you are, you know there's certain stuff that don't fit your identity anymore. That used to fit, but it don't fit no more. Because I'm not who I was anymore. I've been changed by Christ and the Spirit of God been transformed by the renewing of my mind. Somebody say, I'm changed. We are washed, we are sanctified, and we are justified. And this applies only to those, this applies only to those who have repented, confessed, and believed. This is not for everybody. This is not for everybody because if you have not repented, confessed, and believed, verse 10 still applies. You shall not inherit 
the kingdom of God. But that can change today. You don't have to leave here without an inheritance. You can leave here today washed, sanctified, and justified by the Spirit of God. Washed, cleansed from sin. What can wash away my sins? Cleansed, cleansed, cleansed. Drop down in the waters of baptism. Cleanse. Went down one way, came up another way. Cleanse. Blood of Jesus washing over my soul. Cleanse. Made whole, not broken anymore. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Everything in order. Cleansed from sin. Covered with it one day, clean from it the next. Covered when I came in, clean when I walked out. Nothing but the power of God can do that. We've been cleansed. Somebody shout, I'm clean. Some old school mamas and daddies, when they took a bath, they say, don't you go back out there. And get dirty. Uh, I wish I had a witness here. Mm. I hate it when I wash my car and a bird come by and play target practice. Come on, I wish I, I, when once it's clean, you don't want it to get dirty. We're sanctified. Somebody shout, I'm sanctified. I know this is a non-denominational church, but we are sanctified. We say it every Sunday. I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm Holy Ghost filled. Jesus, every week, every week, sanctified. We separated. Set apart. Made holy. We're set apart for God. Like God said, you're mine now. And I'm setting you apart for a special purpose. You don't belong over there anymore. You're in the world, but you're not of it. You're shrimp in a bucket full of oysters. You do not become your environment. You are salt in a bland pot. You are light in a dark world. It doesn't change you, you change it. Somebody shout separated. No longer in love with my flesh. We have papers of divorce. I am now married to God. And I live in the spirit. Somebody shout amen. Amen. You can tell them spirit filled folk. They don't have to say a word. Something about them. And it ain't because their shirt buttoned up to their neck. And their dress hit the floor. It's how they live. You can tell them Holy Ghost filled people. 
Yesterday, my wife and I were out shopping, and we met a young lady, and my, my wife looked at the young lady's ring. Watch this now. Watch this now. We didn't know the lady from a ham sandwich. My wife looked at the young lady's ring and said, oh, baby, that's beautiful. And the girl said, glory to God. She didn't have to say nothing about God. All she had to do was say, well, thank you. But she understood the fact that they could even afford a ring that nice, and that ring was nice. The girl said, glory to God. She said, baby, my husband paid for it, but God did it. <laughs> you can tell them save people. Do I have any saved people in here? I was, mm, Jesus, I feel something in here. Oh, can I get my saved people to shout yes? <laughs> My God, my God, my God, my God. Y'all say people be rebuking demons and stuff and, and, and saying the devil is a liar and, and, and God be praised. Y'all save people. Come on here. When stuff happens in your life, you stand by faith. Do I have any saved people in here? Shout yeah. Somebody tap your neighbor say, I'm saved. I'm saved. Go tap two or three people and say, I'm saved. I'm sure enough saved. I'm saved. Sanctified. Holy Ghost filled. Washed in the blood. Ah, I'm saved. Somebody shout, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, Lord. I'm sure enough saved. Somebody say, I'm sure. Saved people have bad stuff happen to them and still come to church. Saved people have a rough week and still serve. Saved people look like they ain't got nothing to shout about, but they still. Y'all saved people. Y'all stand out. He separated you. Without removing you. He left you here, but he made you different. See, we would think in order to separate us, he'd have to remove us. God said, no, I can separate you and leave you there. He washed us. We, we're washed. We're sanctified. Lastly, we're justified. We're made and declared righteous. Now we were unrighteous. Now we're righteous. Wrong as we could be. But declared righteous. In the courtroom. Basically convicted. Judge about to drop the gavel. And Jesus says, but my blood. I'll give y'all a minute. And the devil said, the accuser of the brethren said, but she don't deserve to be healed. And Jesus comes in and says, but the blood. But, but he, don't, he don't deserve that financial blessing. Jesus comes in and says, but 
but the blood. They're justified now, Satan. Give up accusing my people to me. I know what they did, but I also know what I did. And I know that they accepted what I did to wipe away what they did. So it's as if they never did it. When you are saved, you are not a low down, good for nothing sinner. Sometimes we just do silly stuff. Because we are drawn away by our lust. And when lust conceives, it gives birth to sin and sin brings death. Sometimes we forget who we are. And we lower our standards. But you are washed. You are sanctified. And you are justified. Even though you messed up. Paul is reminding them who they are. Stop letting who other people are change who you are. Peer pressure should be able to work both ways. Whenever we reference peer pressure, we reference it to the negative impacting the positive. Why doesn't the positive impact the negative? It's because we go to where they are and we assimilate. We change who we are to make them comfortable. Even though they being who they are, no matter how uncomfortable we are. But what blessed me the other day is a young man, I went to the barbershop for about three, four weeks, never said a word. Young man was cussing and going on. Well, a conversation must have been had the last time I went. I came back in, the young man went to say something. Now, the young man who's usually cussing now, another young man in his seat went to cuss. And he said, hey, that's a pastor. I sat in my seat and went. They say they have no respect. But they still do. I didn't say, I didn't say anything, but what I did say. It was so different from what they were saying. He must have said, man, who that is cut your, you cut here every week. That's pastor. Oh. Same thing with you. You don't have to be a pastor. You just have to be a believer. And if you be a believer around the unbelievers, eventually the unbelievers will say, oh, my bad. Stuff like, excuse my French, but we talked about that last week. That ain't French. One more thing. One more, one more thing. One more thing. We're doing good. Verse 20. For ye are bought with a price. You've been purchased. 
You're sold out. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Just glorify God. <laughs> Just all together. Glorify God. Because see, this, all of this thing, Paul talks about all the sexual sin and all this stuff and everything. And Paul goes through this thing and at and, and one point uh, uh, they were saying stuff like, I can do whatever I want to do. And Paul said, yeah, you can, but it ain't always good that you do what you want to do. And, and then he gets in and he said, but, uh, okay, you say you can do what you want to do, but you've been bought with a price, baby. You've been bought with a price. So you're supposed to glorify God in your body and in your what spirit. So that means everything you do is supposed to glorify God. All of your conversations, all of your thoughts, all of your actions, everything is supposed to glorify who? God. Not make you happy, but make him happy. You've been bought. With the price. King James says bought with the price. Moffat, Moffat says uh, he, uses, he uses for a price. Uh, and other uh, 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 different types of um, versions say uh, at a price. Now I like at a price because that means a certain price was paid. Like, like, you know, it was like a price was determined that had to be paid. For you. What was the price? What did he pay? Let me ask you a few questions before we go there. If I'm not my own, then who do I belong to? What would that show when he said things that make you go, hmm. Arsenio Hall, I think it was. Arsenio Hall. If you don't, if you've been bought, if you're not your own, who, who do you belong to? And, and if I belong to somebody else, well then, how should this affect the way I live? And what was the reason for the purchase? And if you, pur- if you purchase something and it didn't fulfill its purpose, then what would you do with it? Take it back? <laughs> Get a refund? Throw it in the garbage? So when something in our life no longer fulfills its use case... We either trade it in or junk it. And yet our owner never does that. I ain't going to lie say he ain't got a right to though. He got a right to take someone right back to where he got them from and say, uh-uh, you going to buy this one back. <laughs> but, he ne- but, he, but he never done that, never done that. In fact, when he purchased us, we were broke. We were dirty. We were only wanted by the one who sought to torment us. And it seemed like when he bought us, it was a bad deal. Like going to buy a car with no wheels. No engine. No carburetor. They don't make carburetors no more. No fuel injectors. 
nothing, just a shell. And still he bought us. He bought us and put all that work into us. Restored us. Made us new on the inside. Mm. And when the insides got put together, our outside came together and we became more appealing. Uh, it's hard for you to walk away from your owner when you re- recognize what he, where he brought you from. That's why it's good for us sometimes to remember from whence we've come. Because that's some stuff we tried to get out of. We couldn't. Anyway, I'm going to hurry up. I'm going to hurry up. What did he pay? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. He paid his son for you. First Peter 1 Peter 1.18-19 says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, that means lifestyle, received by tradition from your fathers, passed down through generation, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish, and without spot there was a high price paid for you and this gives us an indication of our worth you would not take a brand new pair of $500 boots and walk in the mud with them if anything when you have on your brand new shoes ladies and gents when you got your brand new Jordans, you stood in line for it cost $200. You walk around the mud puddle. Even if you're lazy, you take the long way. Y'all don't talk. Talk to me. Come on, talk to your pastor. Because you don't want to mess up something you paid so much money for. And just like we treat our valuable trinkets with honor, we need to treat ourselves with honor. Some stuff you are too good for. Too good for lying. Too good for cheating. Too good for fornicating. Too good for adultery. Some stuff you just don't do no more because you know who you are. Second Corinthians 5, 14, 15, for the love of Christ constraineth us. I get it. I'm human. I have a flesh too. Sometimes my flesh wants me to do stuff I shouldn't do. I used to have an anger problem back in the day. I don't want to call it a problem. I used to be angry. Sometimes I liked it. Because one thing about my reputation as being an angry person is people didn't bother me. They knew Paul to tell you some stuff. I told the men yesterday I had a vocabulary. And sometimes I want to use it.
Take my glasses off. I can't see you without them, but I'm looking at you with my glasses off. Sometimes, sometimes my flesh, oh yeah. Pastor's flesh too. Paul said he had a thorn in his. We got thorns too. We walking around acting like we thornless. We got some. All God's children got a thorn. Some of us got two, three, four, five thorns. Praying for God to get rid of them. If that's you, say, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Yeah. It, it, ain't, it ain't that when you get saved and when you become a, a pastor or an apostle or a deacon or an elder or an elder's wife that the flesh don't act stupid. We got saved right here at the altar. We got saved, gave our life to Jesus, and the flesh was saying, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see you. Yeah, not after church. I see you. I see you when you turn around. Before you even get back to your seat. Uh-huh. We're gonna, we gonna see if you saved or not, buddy. We flesh don't care nothing about what you did at this altar. It's contrary to the spirit. But listen to what Paul said. The love of Christ constrain. Can you come and constrain me, son? Come here and hold me. I'm going to try to get away from you. I cannot get away from this boy. No, I mean, for real. I can't get away from it. I, I ain't playing. I'm trying, but I can't, I can't get away from this joker. This boy's strong. Boy, you strong. Hey, time of day. All right. But, but, but hold up, hold up. Hold, 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 hold. Hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me. Don't hurt me now. Just hold me. <laughs> I'm tired. I, listen, the love of Christ constrains me. It won't let me. <laughs> as hard as I try, it It won't let me. The things that I would do, I can't do the places that I used to go. I, because I got love. Somebody say he loves me too much. He, he loves me too much. Tell your neighbor, I love him too much. I, I love him too much. I love him too much to go back to where I came from. I, I love him too much to, to do the stuff I used to do. I, I love him too much. My love for him keeps me. It, it's, not, it's not that I'm perfect. It's not that anybody's in here perfect. But our love for God. And our remembrance of his love for us keeps us from going back. When we get ready to cuss, that love says, no. Bless. Bless instead. Bless instead. When we get ready not to speak, it says, speak to him. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It says, speak to him. When, when we get ready to walk by the love, says, go, go, go hug him. Go hug him. When we get that call at a certain time of night, saying, come over here and meet me. Love says, uh-uh. 
I can't come meet you. But you can meet me Sunday. You can meet me Sunday at 10 o'clock. Crossgate Road is closed, but you can take Bonnie Bridge. You can come sit with me in church and you can meet my pastor. The love constrains me, right? Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. See, we don't live for ourselves anymore. We live for Christ. We are, give me my graphic, we're, we're finished. We are sold out. No inventory remaining. We got nothing left to serve the flesh with. Because all of who we are belongs to God. Somebody say, I've been bought with a price. That price is Jesus. I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you. This, this scripture is so amazing. Portia, you remember you and I were having a conversation some years ago. And I quoted the scripture. It says, we were talking about people in the world and, and people in the church, really, and how they just do whatever they want to do. We had this great conversation, and she was ministering to a friend of hers who just didn't want to listen. And her friend said, I can do whatever I want to do. I'm grown. And I quoted the scripture, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Let me read it from the Amplified. Everything is permissible allowable and lawful for me but not all things are helpful good for me to do expedient and profitable when considered with other things everything is lawful for me but I will not become the slave of anything or be brought under its power see Paul said you know what I can do whatever I want to do God gave me free will free choice I can do whatever I want to but you know what Everything I want to do is not good for me to do. It doesn't bless me, and it doesn't bless people around me. So why do something that's not good to do? You are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified. Bought with a price. Now glorify God in your body and your spirit. Real life, let's say it together. We are sold out. Just stand up for me. If, you, if you're sold out, stand up and just begin to worship the one who bought you. Come on right now. Give all glory to the one who paid a price for you beyond your ability to understand his only begotten son for those of you who are not saved I'm inviting you right now
to come and give your life to Jesus. You've heard the truth of the word of God, that those who are unsaved will not inherit the kingdom. I'm inviting you right now to come and give your life to Jesus. Will you come? Don't ignore the truth. And don't think that I can do this at any time, but that you need to come today. Today is the day of salvation. Harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation. Will you come to Jesus today? For those of you who are in the room, you are saved. You gave your life to Christ. But it seems like Paul not only wrote this letter to the Corinthians, but he wrote it to you. It seems like he got into your business and he knew everything about you. If you heard this word and it convicted you to your core, today is the day for you to begin again. I'm going to ask you to be bold enough and brave enough to take this walk and come down here today and be restored. Because this is what Paul's aim was for the church at Corinth, to restore them, to remind them of who they are. Come on and give God the glory in this house. Come on and give God the glory. Val, would you come? This is real stuff right here. This is real stuff right here. Pastor Leslie, would you come? This is real stuff right here. This is an opportunity. This is a moment for us to get this thing right. This is not a moment for us to be looking at a select group of people who were bold enough to come to this altar. This is not the time for us to be sitting back being an observer. If we are that person, we need to repent and we need to start this thing over. We need to start this thing over. Is it you? Did you hear the voice of the Lord speaking to you? You can begin again today. Will you come? If you want to be saved, you can come and be saved today. Jesus will accept you. He'll accept you right now. He will. I promise you he will. No one's going to judge you. Nobody's going to look down on you. If you need this, I need you to come. Give me a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for these four young women who've been bold enough to come today. Lord God, we're not getting into their business and trying to figure out what it is they need to repent of. But right now, I thank you, Lord God, that with their hearts, they have repented and they've come back to you. I need all of you to say, Lord, I repent. Forgive me. Wash me. Sanctify me. Justify me. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you right now that because they made this request of you, Lord God, that you have done it in Jesus' name. Lord God.